reading that the sermon for the ascension of our Lord is based on is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you not, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, congratulations. You all have made it. It's finally over the quarantine that we've all waited through. We got what we wanted. We get to use our Groupons. Our car insurance premiums will go back up. Hooray, right? We have waited so long. In fact, all, almost all of the books that I wanted to read that were on my shelf and didn't read are almost done on my shelf. And all of the flour went really quick when my wife and I started to bake all the baked goods out of Grandma's cookbook that she gave us for our wedding. We have waited so long, and I joke because I know we've been waiting for more than that. I do know that we have been waiting in a lot of fear. I know that we don't know what's going to happen next. And I know that we have been waiting on medical news, family news, and financial news and circumstance. And I know that the waiting isn't completely over either because not everything's open and not everyone gets to go back to work. And who knows when social distancing will go away as we know it now. And as an extroverted person, it's very, very important that I get to go to concerts, I get to go to weddings and family parties, and that there are ice cream socials in parking lots and churches across America. We thought this was it. That the moment we've all been waiting for, but it turns out that it's actually just a first step. What we actually are waiting for is that day when disease is eradicated, 
we're waiting for when death loses its sting and we are waiting for life, honestly, to be like it was before all this started to happen. Jesus' disciples also did a lot of waiting. First, alongside all of their brothers and sisters in the chosen people Israel, they waited for the Messiah who was prophesied to come and save them from the power and control of the Romans. And of course, we all know that it wasn't fun being under Roman control. Any extra money that you earned was not able to be saved. It probably went to a higher tax. There was no uh, public... Um, peaceful assembly to listen to your favorite preacher in the slums of Jerusalem that was also healing people and preaching forgiveness of sins and repentance. They had to wait and keep it a secret that this Jesus that they were following was the Messiah. And then they had to wait and keep it a secret that he wasn't just the Messiah, he was also the Christ for the Gentiles. And then they had to wait and tell everyone that he wasn't just the Messiah, he wasn't just the Christ for the Gentiles, he also is God, the God that created all things and that came back to redeem all things from sin. Then they had to wait for the appointed time for the Son of Man to be delivered into the hands of sinners and lawless men. And maybe one of the hardest parts, they had to wait as he died in agony on the cross for their sins and the sins of all people. He talked about it a lot. Would he rise again, as he had said? And then he did. He appeared to them. He appeared to, actually, lots of people. He, he is now resurrected, and death no longer has power over him. But now the disciples are saying, we've seen him heal crippled people. We've seen him heal the blind. We've seen him cast out demons and then rise from the dead. What can he not do? And so they said, maybe it's time we ask. So if you can imagine, someone was prodding Peter, James, John. Could you please ask him? Can you you ask him? I'm too embarrassed. One of the disciples We don't know who, probably because they were too embarrassed to write it down. (laughs) Went up to Jesus, hat in hand, looking at the ground and said, "Uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And then he winced. Because he's probably thinking, oh man, people are going to, someone, someone in this group is going to write this down and they're going to be laughing about it 2,000 years from now. But there's a lot of armchair quarterbacking that can be done about this question. Because the disciples didn't have the bird's eye view of the gospel account that we have of Jesus before Pilate. When Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Therefore, to the very end of Jesus' ministry, after he had risen from the dead, at least some of his disciples were still holding out that maybe this was the guy that was going to help them lead that armed revolt against the Romans. But Pastor and I's sermons 
in Advent and Lent have covered this a lot. Lots of people in Jesus' life and ministry, they turned away from Jesus because of things like, this is not my Messiah. This isn't who I was waiting for. He's not doing what I want. And that's why Jesus teaches that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter his kingdom that is not of this world. Only some who believe that he is God died, rose again, what you all believe, teach, and confess. And so Jesus' disciples, the whole people of Israel, even some Gentiles at the time, they did lots and lots of waiting for Jesus to come into history and redeem it. But it seems like no matter what time, no matter how much waiting is done, it seems like it's never enough. A few Fridays ago, the Air Force announced that there would be this flyover of, I believe, B-2 spy bombers. If you're not familiar, it's the triangle black ones that probably sparked your imagination like it did mine. And they were going to do this for our morale. And so I had heard stories that they used to fly these over Cardinals games at Bush Stadium, and it would be super loud and low, and everything would rumble and rattle. And so I made sure I set my alarm, 5, 12 p.m. I would be out in that field on SEMS campus, and we would watch the B-2 bombers fly over. Wouldn't miss it. So we're standing out there, my wife and I, and a whole bunch of other people. Don't worry, we're socially distanced. And... All of a sudden, the clock then strikes 5.13, and we're saying, well, wh- where is the, bo- the, the bomber? And all of a sudden, someone is like, I think it's there. And we look up, and it's about the size of a quarter going... <laughs> it, which, good thing that it didn't make much noise because it's a spy bomber, but I didn't think about it that much. But where was my... Window rattling flyover. Where was my, you know, chest rumbling? Ugh, it wasn't what I wanted. In fact, I think a father, he looked over, he had his kid on his shoulders, and he said, I, that was lame. <laughs> Where was what we were waiting for? Even there on that mountain, Looking at the resurrected Lord, Messiah, Jesus Christ, in the face, him looking back, this guy they'd been following around for three years, it wasn't enough. No, they wanted another ruler, another king, another politician. They didn't want Jesus. But was Jesus furious with them? When he asked this question, did Jesus facepalm? No. In fact, he gives his final teaching right there on the mountain before he ascends, like a good rabbi, the good rabbi that he is. He says, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. And what's cool about this is Jesus doesn't deny that someday he will be the king that leads an army to battle on behalf of all of his people, but that is to come on the last day. Instead, he simply says, it's up to the Father to determine when that'll happen. Because you see, God isn't limited to occupying only a place like 
heaven or earth. Instead, he occupies all of time because he created time, and he chooses when to enter it. Might that be walking in the garden? Might that be being in a burning bush or redeeming all things in his life, death, and resurrection? Or returning on a white horse to defeat evil forever? But time is hard for people, like you or I. And Jesus is telling his disciples here something essentially that people despise, to wait. But waiting isn't terrible. In fact, I'm going to tell you it's holy. I mean, what else had his disciples been doing this whole time? They were patiently waiting for Jesus with his authority to announce when his plan would unfold some more. What did Noah do with his family on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights? Presumably, he waited for God to mercifully spare him and his family. And what did the Israelites do for 40 years in the desert? They waited for God's life-saving instructions. And so, what did we do when our governor and our two mayors declared quarantine? We waited for our divinely ordained leaders to ease that burden. And here we are. God acts in history, even today, to redeem and set back into place justice for his people, if they would just wait. Jesus continues right before he ascends. He says, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and then rise again on the third day. But it was also written that his message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Jerusalem. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me, what you saw, my life, my death, my resurrection, even this event, his ascension. Everywhere you're going to do this, in Jerusalem first, and then Judea, then Sumeria, and the ends of the earth. That's his final charge for his followers, that they're to go wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem before preaching repentance and forgiveness of sins to everyone that they meet. So, then Jesus ascends into heaven, as we have painted here, and they start their waiting right there. They actually need two angels to kind of bonk their heads together, tell them to get back to Jerusalem. It's half a Sabbath day's journey back. But want to hear good news, if not the good news? For us, there's no more waiting. We have received the Holy Spirit, you and I, in our baptisms. There's no more waiting. Thank you, Jesus, just like you promised. In fact, the disciples did all that hard work of waiting for the Holy Spirit in that uh, room, the upper room. And so now we live under the ongoing blessing of the ascended Lord Jesus Christ. But what does that look like? It looks like what he told us to do, to proclaim the forgiveness of sins and repentance, which might sound easy, might sound hard. Trusting our salvation has been won for us by this resurrected Jesus, 
The only question now is, how do we translate this gospel message to our friends, our families, our enemies? We might ask ourselves questions like, in which of my relationships have I built up enough trust to talk about what Jesus did for us? Or, who seems to be hurting? Who needs a radical word of forgiveness? Who has hurt me? Who do I hate? Now I know who needs to hear the words of life. The words that brought dead sons and daughters back, that made some bread many, that cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Christ is right now resurrected, and we proclaim and enter communion with him into that death and resurrection, which is now ours in baptism until he returns or calls us home. So let's wait patiently for his return. Amen. Please stand as we confess the creed together.